Well, there is now. Hey, folks, welcome to Rogue One Radio. I am your host, Steve Long. This is episode 12 of Rogue One Radio. And with me tonight is a special guest. It's my son, Joey. Hello. We are going to be talking about Star Wars, obviously. And later on, we are going to talk about a board game called Outer Rim. Before we get into that, I want to let you know where you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by going to Rogue, the number one radio. So get on there and follow, like, whatever is uh, available for that platform. And... uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Um, <clears throat> also on this show, other than talking Star Wars, uh, if you have tuned in recently, you know that we also play music on this show uh, by bands of the punk rock and uh, indie varieties. Um, so we are going to start off the show with a song from actually a local band, uh, somewhat local here to where we are. Um, they are from Tulsa, Oklahoma. The name of the band is the Normandies. And um, what I'm going to be playing for you is the opening track from their 2019 EP, Co-Conspirators of Greater Evils. This song is called I Don't Want to Be Me. I don't want to be me.
right, that was the Normandies with I Don't Want to Be Me. You are listening to Rogue One Radio. I am your host, Steve Long, here with my son and special guest, Joey. Hello. And next up, we're going to talk about some news and rumors that uh, have come out of the galaxy far, far away over the last week. Um, Not a whole lot has been going on, but there are a few pieces of news that uh, might be of interest. The first one is uh, a little bit uh, disappointing. Um, If you haven't heard, the High Republic has been delayed until January 21st. Um, And if you're not aware, the High Republic is is an untouched area of the Star Wars lore. Uh, It takes place generally about 200 years before the events of the Phantom Menace. And um, it's a time where the the Jedi don't have the Sith to contend with. So it's an interesting uh, time period that has yet to be explored, really. Um, And the books that were originally supposed to be out later this year have been delayed uh, until 2020, thanks to our um, great coronavirus. Neither would I. Um, so, mm-hmm. so, uh, so that's a little uh, disappointing. Next piece of news, um, not really news per se, but something I wanted to just make a note of uh, over the last week, um, mostly due to the uh, anniversary on the 25th of May of the release of uh, A New Hope, uh, Riven, uh, Return of the Jedi, and Solo. Um, specifically with the last one, there's been a surge in the uh, Make Solo 2 Happen hashtag. So uh, <clears throat> that has been uh, something that trended quite a bit. Um, so... The question is, should there be a sequel to Solo 2? Um, I think there should be, because I liked Solo, and I'd like to see more of that story. But I think Joey has a different uh, point of view. Um, yeah, kind of. I It was a good movie. I liked it. I just don't like the direction of having Maul be a part of that more scum and villainy sector of Star Wars, because he's always been related to the Sith or fighting the Jedi. Um, I just don't like the idea that he's taking... I, I don't know. That's just me. But has he? He was only really a Sith in The Phantom Menace. When you got into Clone Wars, at that point he was he was kind of still a Sith, but got more into the crime syndicate. But he was still fighting um, Jedi. Sure, sure. I don't know. I um, I mean, despite the idea of Darth Maul being um, part of this huge, uh, or the leader of this huge crime syndicate, I still think 
there are more stories that could be told of these characters. Now then, um, there are rumors that there is going to be a, not necessarily a, a movie, but there's they're looking into ideas of having a solo series on uh, Disney+. Plus. So, with the success of The Mandalorian, um, I think maybe telling these stories as kind of a serial series um, might be a better option than uh, putting it up on the silver screen. Um, that gives, much like The Mandalorian, that gives them uh, more opportunity to have different directors and uh, different characters. You know, you could have characters like, um, uh, I mean, you could bring in the, uh, the the Greedos and the Boba Fetts and the and the Jabba the Huts and and other other scum and villainy type um, characters that would have had some sort of acquaintance with with Han Solo and Chewbacca. So I think it'd be interesting. I would actually. If it were me, I would do it as a TV series on Disney Plus rather than do it as a movie. Uh, not to say that I would be upset about seeing a movie, but I think it would be a. I think Disney Plus is a better avenue for it. Okay. No thoughts. I can't argue with that. Okay. Um, speaking of Solo, uh, there's a character in the Solo movie who has a rumor floating around her as well. Um, Infus Nest, who appeared um, at various points throughout the film, um, is rumored to possibly appear in the upcoming Cassian Andor series. So, uh, first of all, of course, I am looking forward to the Cassian Andor series because... Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I really like Rogue One, and uh, <laughs> go figure. And um, I think the exploring the uh, you know his adolescence and his time up up until uh, the events of Rogue One could be very interesting. And, and I think, as far as these rumors go, I think it would be a interesting fit uh, because you uh, you know at the end of uh, Solo. She talks about how the money they're going to make off of the off of the coaxium is going to be used to build a rebellion, oh. or to help build a rebellion. So that would tie in pretty well with the whole uh, freedom fighter marauder type characters that she leads. Uh, tie them in with with Cassian Andor and the. Uh, and the spies, uh, the spy sector of the of the Rebel Alliance. Um, so yeah, I could uh, if this rumor is true, I could I could go for that. I'd be all right with that. Good way to tie things in, tie things together. Um, next piece of news that uh, I pulled up 
is um, I just pulled this up today, and there seems to be a very interesting petition that has been launched uh, in the wake of the whole release the Snyder Cut for uh, Justice League. There have been calls to release what's being called the Lucas Cut of Revenge of the Sith. So, the petition calls for uh, Disney to release a four-hour cut of Revenge of the Sith. Now, <clears throat> I obviously liked Revenge of the Sith. Um, it was uh, two hours and 20 minutes long. I do remember thinking that the movie was a little bit short. Uh, I felt that it was a little bit short. I don't know if four, I think four hours might be going a little far. Um, I would like to see a little bit more. Um, I would like to see a little bit more about Anakin's fall because it seems to me like when it got closer to that point for him to become Darth Vader, it almost seems like they rushed it. Uh, not overall, like they didn't rush it as a series. It just seems like in the film, they just kind of rushed it in there. Um, so again, I don't know if a four hour cut is what they need, uh, but I would like to see a little bit more, uh, dialogue and, and, uh, action about, you know, surrounding his, his eventual fall. Um, so another interesting thing about this petition is uh, even though Walt Disney uh, company owns the rights to all of the uh, Star Wars films. The petition is actually addressed to George Lucas himself. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, George Lucas. So yeah, George will be, okay, go ahead and do it, but uh, it's not really my decision. <laughs> but I don't know, Joey, what do you think about a four-hour cut of Revenge of the Sith? I'd watch it. Oh, well, yeah, obviously I'd watch it. I mean... I'd watch it I, multiple times a day. Four hours of Star Wars. You can't... Yeah, can't no, really I'd watch it multiple there. times a day. I mean... Instead of sleeping, I'd just watch that three times. Okay, fair okay, enough. Probably not. But, <laughs> I mean, four hours is kind of extensive, to say the least. It's a little but, bit of overkill. A little bit of overkill. I I would say it... I mean, maybe not four hours, but maybe like three. Well, yeah, think about a game. A, a game. <laughs> think about a movie like Endgame or Infinity War that was, uh, that like was what, pretty, pretty lengthy. Uh... Actually, let's look that up. How long was that movie? 
three hours and two minutes. Well, there you go. That's roughly an hour, you know, half an hour longer than Revenge of the Sith. Hmm. They could do a lot in a half an hour. Yeah. Well, it also includes the credits. That is true. That is true. So, four hours. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, it's pretty long. But if we're being real, I feel like I feel like most Star Wars fans would watch it just for the extra lore. I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, if they're going to... I'd be interested to see if there actually is a director's cut of that that hasn't been released. It'd be interesting to find out. All right. Um, so, we do have one last bit of news that was released today. There is a trailer that was dropped for Jedi Temple Challenge. Uh, if you're not already aware, uh, Jedi Temple Challenge is a kids game show that will be on Disney+. Plus. Hosted by Ahmed Best. And it's a combination skill knowledge show for kids. Um, but yeah, the trailer dropped today and and uh, I'm I'm gonna watch it. It looks like it'd be interesting to watch. I mean I you know, kinda makes me wish I was ten years old, but uh <laughs> You wish that anyway. Good point. Uh anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested in seeing that. I, I don't know if, uh, any of you have seen the trailer, but go ahead and go out there and, and check it out. Um, it looks like it's going to be an interesting show. Yeah. And so that is it for our news section. We are going to come back and talk some about a board game called Outer Rim. Before we do that, however, we're going to take a little music break. And uh, this next song I'm going to play is kind of timely. Um, <laughs> the name of the song is Coronavirus. And it's from another band from here in Oklahoma called the Action Bastards. Uh, the song comes from... Their upcoming debut EP, which is coming out this summer, uh, the EP is going to be called Candy Ass. Uh, this band is also going to be featured on the on a uh, Oklahoma band compilation album called It Came From Oklahoma, uh, which is also going to be coming out this summer. So uh, here it is, Coronavirus by the Action Bastards. Hey there, this is Robert from the Action Bastards, and you're listening to our new song, Coronavirus, only on Rogue One Radio.
was McAllister, Oklahoma's The Action Bastards with the song Coronavirus. So, you are <laughs> not really topical, but very timely, considering the what we're what the, the situation our, our yeah. world is in. Um, so, you are listening to Rogue One Radio. I'm your host, Steve Long, with uh, my special guest, Joey. He's my son. Hello. And tonight's, uh, well, this episode, because, you know, who knows when this is going to be uh, published. <laughs> um, so, on this episode, we are going to be talking about a Star Wars board game called The Outer Rim. Um, so, let me tell you about how I found out about this game. Uh, I was at Celebration last year in Chicago, and I was roaming around the convention floor, just kind of checking out random, um, vendors and whatnot, and I stopped by the Fantasy Flight Games, uh, vendor site, and, uh, I, I was actually there looking for new pieces to uh, the X-Wing, X-Wing Miniatures game, which uh, my son and I actually used to play with a group. Quite often, actually. Quite often. And uh, so I was looking for new stuff there and didn't see anything that really uh, jumped out at me that I needed. Um, but while I was looking around, I noticed there were a couple of empty tables with just some people couple of people sitting there and they motioned me to come over to the table and asked if I would be interested in play testing a new Star Wars game. And so they they had already had the game set up and they were kind of going over a few few of the basics and I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I'll I'll go ahead and play test it." So I sat down and uh, a couple other people showed up. And we started playing it, and uh, playtesting was only for, um, it lasted like 30 minutes. Uh, So we didn't really get a full game in, but uh, the game was so interesting and fun that I actually ended up going back to that booth two or three more times during that weekend and uh, and playtesting it again. Um, they also had these on sale at the Fantasy Flight booth, uh, like real, you know, real early in the day. Basically it was like until supplies last type thing. So every morning I would go in trying to score a copy and by the time I got there it was already sold out. So, um, it was, it was quite, uh, depressing really because I really wanted that game. Um. So I found out when it was supposed to be released, and um, and then I actually uh, got it. Uh, I went to my local local game shop uh, here in Edmond, Oklahoma, and um, actually had them. They had it on pre-order, so I, I made sure that they had it. Had one set aside for me, and uh, so that I would get it on the day it came out. And I did, and then I brought it home, and we we've played it. A number of times, yeah. Uh, really like the game. Uh, it's a it's a different kind of board game. For one, it's Star Wars, obviously. Um, Immediately good, but it's yeah. So yeah, exactly. So already, it's it's worth 
checking out. Um, it's it's unlike most Star Wars games you're going to find. Uh, as uh, with this one, it focuses less. Well, it doesn't focus at all on the Jedi, um, but focuses on the the scum and villainy, the yeah. bounty hunters, the smugglers, uh, types like that. So it's uh, it's it's very interesting, very fun. Uh, you have a choice to play uh, eight different characters, uh, six of which uh, come from the movies, and the other two, one comes from a comic book, and the other comes from the uh, cartoon Star Wars Rebels. Um, so the list of characters that you can play. Um, I had a list here. Hang on. <laughs> There's eight of them. <laughs> yeah. So. Good to know we have all our stuff. Yeah, it's, it's great to know that we are prepared. We are professionals. We are always. Well, I wouldn't say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm a professional. I definitely wouldn't say that. Neither <laughs> would I, but whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so you've got uh, Han Solo. You've got Lando Calrissian. You've got Boba Fett. You've got Bosk. You've got IG-88. Yeah. Afra. You've got Dr. Afra. You've got... Ketsu Anyo. Ketsu Anyo from Star Wars Rebels. And Jyn Erso. And Jyn Erso. Which I found interesting. Because I wouldn't really call her scum and villainy. I would call her Rebels, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean... I could go both ways with her. I mean, she she was a rebel in the end. Yeah. She but you could say the same thing about Han Solo, and you could say the same thing about Lando Calrissian. I, I did say that earlier. So both of these guys are former smugglers. So, yeah. But they're still considered scum and villainy, even though they turned to, uh, you know, started working for Rebel Alliance. So... Saying Jin Erso is coming, Philony isn't as far fetched. Yeah. Although still little, because she did grow up working for Saw Guerrera, who was a rebel. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, but uh, disappointingly, you don't get to play as Saw Guerrera, um, but he does make an appearance in the game. And, and what I mean by that is okay, so let's go over kind of the, uh, the basics of the game. So you play these characters. And you get a ship. Um, there are... Twelve. Four of them are just generic ships, and eight of them are known ships, like the Millennium Falcon, which is obviously Boba Fett's. I thought there were only two basic ships. No, there when there's you... two types, but there's four cards of them. Well, right, but... There, okay, so you've got two different... So th Just generic ships. Just backing up a little bit... Uh, the game is for one to four players, and I'll explain the one later. Yeah. But So there are four cards, but it's two different yeah. ships that you start off with. And that then was... throughout the game, you earn money. Credits, yeah, credits right? Sorry. To, no, that's all right. You earn credits to be able to pick up... Uh, a ship, a new ship. A, a new ship for or you. gear. Or, or right, you get gear or jobs. or mods to your ship. Jobs. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. I'm yeah, just talking. I'm just talk, specifically talking the ships. So, you've got the potential to be the pilot of the IG2000, IG88, or the Houndstooth, Bosk, 
the Moldy Crow, which we have is not figured that out. Actually, we did. Uh, did we? Interest. Well, I did. I did look up this Moldy Crow because I actually didn't know what it was. Apparently, it really has nothing to do with the movies, uh, or as much as I can remember any of the cartoons. But it does have to do with the comics, and it is actually a ship that was piloted by Kyle Katarn. So, I don't know who that is. I have to school my child. Okay, so moving on, uh, the Archangel. Dr. Aphra, that's right. character. The Slave One. Boba Fett. The Valorous, which I also don't know what that is, we, to be honest. You think Lando. Probably Lando, but I don't really Rod. tell you. Millennium Falcon, and then the Shadowcaster. Which belongs to Ketso Onyo. That is correct. Um, so, those are the ships that you can end up with eventually at some point in the game. So, moving back, the whole point of the game is you have this character and the ship, and your whole point is to gain fame. And you do this by getting employed for jobs and or bounties. So, things like uh, picking up cargo and delivering it, uh, or uh, bounties, which in most cases you have the option of either terminating or transporting to another planet. Now here's where the planets come in. You've got... Uh, how, how many? Eleven. Are there? Technically. Well, eleven planets, but how many pieces? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so there are six pieces... That make up the quote-unquote board. It's a a C-shape. Right. So it's not like your typical board game, which is another thing that makes this game stand out, is the board is in a very odd shape. So, and even more interesting, you can put them in any sequence that you want. So in one game, you could have Tatooine on one side and Ornamentel on the other, Whereas in another game, you could have them right next to each other. Yeah. So go ahead and list off the planets that are actually part of this game. Oh, another thing about the planets is that they are, some of them are based off of alliances. Right. So you have Ryloth, Naboo, Mon Calamari, Lafal, Cantonica, Ord Mantel, Tatooine, Nalhutta, Kessel, the, the Ring of Kafreen and Takodana. Right. So, essentially, when you start the game off, you start off on a planet with a job or bounty. Yes. Uh, and you are supposed to go... Like, if you have a bounty, you've got, to ro- you've got to travel around to the different planets and find what's called contact cards, which you, you don't tokens. know... Are they tokens or cards? They're contact tokens. Okay. So the contact tokens, and they're flipped on the back, so you can't see who it is. Yeah. And so they are signified by a color and also a, uh, what would you call those? Like, basically just three dots or two dots. That go along with the colors, yeah. Basically just the level of difficulty of said character. So if you've got a bounty for, say... Greedo. 
uh, or or say Saw Gerrera, which is like I said, Saw Gerrera does make his way in the game, but as a bounty. <laughs> so Saw Gerrera is a yellow three dot character. So if you're looking for Saw Gerrera, you got to travel around to any pl- to find all the planets that have a yellow. Uh, contact token next to it. Next to it. When you get on that planet, one of the things that you can do in your turn is turn it over, and uh, if it is the person you're looking for, then great. There are certain things you got to do to claim said bounty, uh, and if it's not, then uh, sorry for you. Now there are some of these contact tokens that you can use as part of your crew. Yes. Those are very cool. Those are cool. Um, Except for Hondo. Hondo's great. He's not great. He's Hondo. We're not having this discussion. We will be having this discussion. Oh, no. uh, okay, so uh, one other thing I'd like to point out specifically about Saw Gerrera. Um, anytime I get that bounty, I usually give it back because he is um, very difficult to nab. And my dad is bad at the game. I won our last game. We didn't even finish it. But I won. Nah, I'll give you that. <laughs> he doesn't always win, though. Mostly. Eh, kind of 50-50. I'd say 60-30. For me, yeah. 60-30? No, really? uh, you don't even know 60, your math. 40. <laughs> this is why I failed math. <sighs> you failed algebra, not math. I don't call algebra math. Algebra has letters in it. <laughs> All right, so moving on. <laughs> yeah. So you move around, and each time you do a uh, a job by delivering cargo to... So that's another thing is you, you've got jobs where you pick up cargo, and then all you have to do is move to the planet um, to deliver it. Um, and then by doing jobs and also uh, claiming bounties, you get fame. And credits. And credits, very sure. All right, so the credits, as we said earlier, allows you to buy a new ship and weapons for yourself. And more jobs. And more cases. jobs. And and also mods for your ship. Um, so you're roaming around the, the galaxy here uh, doing jobs. And then, um, so the maximum amount of fame that you can get according to your... Um, what is that thing called? It's basically like your character... A thingy. Your character thingy. That's... Or, uh, like, it's like a template. It's a it's a cardboard thing with it pictures It probably on says it. on the back of the box, actually. That's the point. Let's go with cardboard thingy. No, I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's a board. A player board. Player board. Um, why was I talking about that? Because the max amount of fame that you can get on your player board is 12. Right. But to win the game, usually it's 10. Right. Or you can play the extended version and do 12. Yeah. Now, another thing that uh, throws a monkey wrench in the whole game are patrols. Yes. Um, So you have four different... Go ahead. You have four different alliances. You have the Empire and the Rebels, obviously. And you also have... The Syndicate, which is like the Pikes, the Black Sun, and the Crimson Dawn. And you also have the Hut, which is like Jabba 
and zero mm -hmm. and other huts that I can't remember right now. And so they have patrols that go around the board and that ties into reputation, which I think I mentioned earlier. So on your player board thingy, you have these sliders and let's say you do a job that is capturing Harrison Dula, which is another contact token. By capturing Harrison Dula and taking her to another planet, you have just lost rebel uh, reputation right. because it's Hera. And when you run into a rebel patrol in between planets, you now have to fight them because you captured Harrison Dula and took her to Lothal. That's not very nice, dude. So, yes, yeah, you end up having to fight these patrols based on your positive or negative uh, reputation. I think Boba Fett starts off with Imperial reputation. I just thought, I don't know what that has to do with anything. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, um, and then in going back to what I mentioned earlier, there there is an option for you to play by yourself. There's like an AI function. I've never tried it. I almost tried it just so that I could talk about it, and then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's very Good story. Very interesting anecdote, I know. Yes, great anecdote. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe one of these days I'll try it. I just, I have no, I mean, I have you to play the game with, so yeah, I why mean, would I play the game by myself? Yeah, but, nobody wants to play I with mean, themselves. Other than, you know, just to see how it works. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. So, Outer Rim, uh, put out by Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, I was really hoping to see some kind of expansion happen for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that they haven't done that. Well, the reason they haven't done that, I'm sure, is because Fantasy Flight is losing oh, yeah. money uh really badly and, and a, they've shut down a lot of their divisions like yeah, yeah like they do not even they do not even uh support the imperial assault game anymore uh, nor do they um nor do they print any more copies yeah um now as far as the role-playing games the tabletop role-playing games those are so fun the, those are really fun, and we we will probably do an episode just oh, on yes. that at some point. I'm excited for that. Um, but um, for the most part, that has been discontinued as well. Um, but there is some speculation that they might be doing some more with that on a very limited basis. Yeah. Um, so uh, whereas they were printing a lot of material in the you know few short years that they had it put together they'll probably just do something like maybe once a year or yeah, something yeah like maybe some kind of module or something but again that's all speculation um hopefully they will start doing some stuff uh but it is disappointing that we won't be seeing any more out of room stuff yeah. but they still sell the game yeah. so if you're interested definitely go check it out yeah i i would recommend it for anyone that's a fan of scum and villainy in Star Wars. Um, or just Star Wars in general, really. Yeah, or anybody that's interested in complex board games. Yeah. Uh, of, of any sort, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you've got any game stores uh, where you live, like we we have... Edmund a, Unplugged. We have, yeah, a game store called Edmund Unplugged where you can actually go in... 
and pay it's like five dollars and play as many games as you want yeah. while you're there and they do have a copy of Outer Rim there so if yeah, you have yeah. a game store like that that'd be a perfect way to try it out so fun uh, but if you're a Star Wars fan and if you're listening to this show I can't imagine you're not <laughs> um, then I mean it's dev- I think I think I paid like I think it was fifty nine ninety nine when I bought it but it's now down to around the fifty dollar range. Uh, but it's well worth the money because you just—I mean—you're going to play it way more than once. It's a really good, sh- good game to play. Yeah, so fun. So that was uh, our discussion on Outer Rim. We are going to uh, come back after a quick break here, and we're going to talk about our top five list of the week. Um, I say this like we've done the show every week. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to try, but, you know. So this week's top five is going to be top five scum and villainy characters. Yes. But before we do that, <laughs> I am going to play a song. This is, interestingly, another band from the Oklahoma City area. I'm sensing a theme here. Um, actually, no. Let me get back to that. Um <laughs> This is uh, a band. Actually, it was started by a by a uh, guitar player that used to play in a band uh, that I am still in called Get Fired. Uh, he was the original guitar player player of uh, of Get Fired in, until he decided to move on to other pastures. Anyway, he started this band called Dion Warlock, and uh, the song is called "I Tell Jokes." And it comes from an EP they just released uh, back in December called These Dumb Tears. Uh, So here it is, I Tell Jokes. Enjoy. Jokes by Dion Warlock. Fun times. Fun stuff, fun music, and you are listening to Rogue One Radio. I'm your host, Steve Long, with my son, Joey. Hello again. And we were talking about the game Outer Rim, 
which is a Star Wars board game focusing on the scum and villainy element of Star Wars. And speaking, and of, speaking scum of, of scum and villainy, this episode's top five list is going to be the top five scum and villainy characters. This is all, of course, subjective, but we will have lively conversation about each. So starting off, Joey, what is your number five? My number five is Black Kersantan, a character that debuted in the Darth Vader comic book, the newer one, and then was elaborated on in the Dr. Aphra comic book. He is a Wookiee, um, uh, who is also a bounty hunter. Um, he fought Obi-Wan Kenobi at some point. I didn't do the research on that. I only did the research on the Dr. Aphra stuff by reading it. Um, but he was a gladiator. He volunteered to be a gladiator, and he trained, and they, and the Zonti brothers, which is the people that own the gladiator ring, or organization, modified him to be a better fighter. Then, he got out of it and became a bounty hunter. Um, he made, like, a life pact type thing with Dr. Afro, where, basically, he, or with the Zonti brothers, where he has to change their lives in the same way that they changed his. Very violently. Wasn't it more, I mean, wasn't it less a life debt thing than it was a she owed him money, so... Well, Dr. Aphra, yes, but the Zonti brothers was a life debt. He had uh, to change their lives in the same way they changed his. Gotcha, you're right, you're right. Very violently. Yes. So, yeah. So he Dr. Aphra uh, just owed her money. Yeah, so he was a, he was a character from the, uh, from the Dr. Aphra He's a pretty series. fun character. He kills people and he, then kills more people. He is. It's always fun to see see Wookiee bounty hunters. And then he kills people some more. Um, he kills a lot of people. So as you said, he did debut from the the Kieran Gillen Darth Vader series, uh, not the Charles Soule uh, series, but uh, equally as great a uh, great a series. Uh, and then of course the Doctor Aphra series, which was was amazing, and that one possibly better. That one uh, just rebooted. Uh, well, not really rebooted. Continued. It's more, yeah, it's more continuation. It continued into the post-Empire Strikes Back uh, time. Correct. Whereas before, the the previous series was post-New Hope. Right. Yes. Um, so there's only been one issue of that new, new series that have been kind of delayed because of uh, COVID-19. Yeah. Um, but moving on, okay, so that was your number five. My number five favorite <clears throat> scum and villainy character is Hondo Anaka. The worst weak way to exist. No, he's great. You can't even spell his name right. I don't need to spell, all I gotta do is be able to pronounce it. <laughs> so, Hondo debuted in the Clone Wars, and then we got to see more of him in Star Wars Rebels. Now, the reason that I like him is because he is so irritating. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, he really displays for me everything that a scum and villainy is about. He's, he's, he's silly. He, it, right. In one point, he's like, oh, my friend, we right. are friends. And then he's like, I'm just going to put you can't, this knife in your bat. You can't trust the guy. But he's fun. But he's, yeah, he's amusing. He's comic relief. Yeah. And 
it's that reason why he is in my top five list of scum yeah, and villainy. Yeah, I, he would be. He'd probably be my sixth. Just be, for the same reason. This yeah. is, I just I love to hate him. Exactly. I exactly. Love... You don't like the guy. He's kind of but an he's ass. Fun. He's a pirate. Yeah. He's everything that you want. Want in... in a pirate. He's a jerk, but he's a fun jerk. Right. That and everybody wants to find. He's, he's just amusing. Yeah. So he's my number five. So what's your number four? Number four, which he's going to get so mad at me, is this, just because he's so low, Boba Fett. I, I'm not mad. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. He, he's a good character. He's a he's a bounty hunter. He is the bounty hunter. But he, he, the movies did not do him justice. He had, like, what, five lines, and one of them was, ah, I'm falling into the Sarlacc pit. I agree, but um, I will talk more about Boba Fett as we get closer and further down this list. Yeah, he'll he'll have some thoughts on I'll that. I'll have some thoughts on that, but I'm, I'm not going to get into it right now. Yeah, so that's it. Uh, my number four on uh, top five scum and villainy is IG-88. Um, typically, I like bounty hunters above all else. Typically. Not always. He does. Uh, but IG-88 is one of those bounty hunters that is no nonsense. You you cannot reason with him. He's kind of like the Terminator. Yeah. You can't reason with that's him. It, he has a job. It. He's going to do it. And He's literally a bounty hunter droid. Yes. He gives no craps. He's a robot. He literally cannot give craps. Which is why... In the show The Mandalorian, that IG unit is one of my favorite characters in that show. <laughs> I mean, in the first episode. Then he kind of turns into... The nanny. Yes. All right. He says, I am not fine. But even then, like in that in those last couple of episodes of The he, Mandalorian... He, yeah, yeah. He... The episode where he has like Baby Yoda on his chest. He just, yeah. Nope, nope. And yeah. then his sacrifice at the end. Ah, oh, so good. It's amazing. And that's... And because we didn't get a whole lot of IG-88 in the only movie that he appeared in, yeah. Empire Strikes Back, uh, most of what you have to, that you get to learn from IG-88 or about IG-88 is from the Expanded Universe comics. Which, unfortunately. Which is, whether it's not canon or not, That's besides the point. there's still that information out there for him. So IG-88 is my number four. My number three is IG-88. <laughs> Let's talk about him some more. Let's <laughs> <No>, not. <laughs> His ship is pretty cool. The IG-2000. Oh. Ah. You know, fun fact. IG units are actually made in fours. So technically, he's IG-88B. I see. Fun times. Fun You're fun. number three. <laughs> oh, my number three yeah, I did not have a lot is... Han Solo. You. While not necessarily the according to Hoyle scum and villainy. Yeah. He's still he's he still is kind of scum and villainy. He's halfway there. Yeah. Oh whoa, living on a prayer. And I mean honestly, how could you not have Han Solo as one of your favorite scum and villainies? I mean the character, you know. When you start off with them in, chronologically speaking, when you start off with them in the movie Solo... Uh, he's scummy. That's He's scummy. That's him and his scumminess. He's pretty much the same way in A New Hope. And then... Because he just wants reward up until the end. And then he helps out. 
Um, but then he becomes less and less scum, scum. as he goes up until Force Awakens. Right, which by that time when the sequel series starts off, he's a smuggler again. Yeah, but he's not so scummy anymore. So he's he's still kind of scummy yeah, I mean, because, of, never because get of the rid of it, because but... of the people that he has to deal with. Yeah, when, you know the, the Kanji Club and the. So say that tell that to Kanji Club. <laughs> yeah. So he's still to me scum and villainy, but and less so. And uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but he's <laughs> he's he's definitely a character that is worth a mention on my list. Yeah, he's Han. So which brings us to number two. My number two is the man himself, Bosk. I really like Bosk, and I can't explain why. He's Bosk. He is Bosk. Because he's, he's Bosk. awesome. He's Bosk. <laughs> he's a Trandoshan. His, he's literally a tiny Godzilla. His dad owns the Bounty Hunters Guild. He's Bosk. He will eat your face off to prove a point. His his starship is awesome. pretty amazing. It's the, what, the Y666? That's Otherwise known as a hound's tooth. Yes, but 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 just the name. I can't find it. One sec. Oh, I've made a mess. But so we we don't again don't get to see a whole lot of him in the movies. Yeah, the YV six six six. Essentially, we only get to see him in Empire Strikes Back, but, but again, you get to see him more in Clone Wars. Which, but he's boss. And overall, you get to learn more about the Trandoshan people, which how is you which is like really Bosk? cool. Yeah, how do you not like Bosk? If you don't like Bosk, he will eat your face to prove a point. Probably would. Anyway, on to your... So, number two in my top five scum and villainy characters is Dr. Aphra. Um, I'm going to have to say a very close race between the my number one and my number two, but my number one just kind of edged her out a little bit, but Dr. Aphra... Is pretty freaking cool, and uh, I'm gonna leave most of the explanation of Doctor <laughs> Afra to Joey because I know in my heart that she is your number one. Number one, Doctor Chelly Lona Afra. <laughs> Afra, she's Afra. She's Afra, the rogue archaeologist herself. So good. I don't know. I don't know how. Part Han Solo, part Indiana Jones. Yes, she's. That's the perfect way to explain it. I mean, on multiple occasions, Luke said, "You sound like Han," which is just cool. But she's Afra. She's Doctor Afra. Yeah, she she's a rogue archaeologist. Like Han, though, you can't trust her. She no, she'll be no. like, "Hey, let me put this knife in your back." Yeah. Pat pat. Good she day. Can't trust her. But she's a lot more fun about it. She she wears her heart on her sleeve. Like she'll be like, "You see this knife." This is the knife that's going in your back. <laughs> like, she, she, like, but, like, near the end, she starts to realize, oh, crap, I'm a bad person, which is another really cool thing about her, is she's not, she's not like Hondo, she's not just like, I'm great. She, she goes through the story, and she does this weird thing. It's called character development. <laughs> it's, just, it's weird. It's where you don't remain a static character through two different television shows, like a certain weak way, I will not mention. Come on now. Don't be mean to Hondo. I will. But she goes through so much in her series. I haven't even read the full series, 
but that's how good it is. Is just in part of the series, she goes through big changes. Which ones are you missing? Uh, that you haven't read. Is this a discussion for the podcast? Sure. <laughs> um, I think we're up to four. Because I've read the whole series. I haven't. Okay. But just just through the fourth volume of the original series, she goes through major changes. Yeah. She loves, and then she she falls in love with a girl, which is another cool thing. It's just a lesbian character. Um, and then she she willingly sacrifices her so that she can save her. So that gives me an idea. We actually should do a show uh, about the new Dr. Afra series. We should just do an episode about Afra herself. She's possibly, the best. Quite possibly. Um, but, but you know, Afra Afra's my number one because... And it was very close between Bosk and Afra. But she, she, she's just... See, I couldn't see that with, with you specifically. Okay. I could, I could see Dr. Afra being heads and shoulders above Bosk. For you. No, no, I really like... Bo- okay, maybe, maybe just a little. It was it was close for a while, and I went, wait, I forgot about Afra. Yeah. But no, it, she's a good character. All of the characters on my list I like, but Afra just takes the cake yeah, like, and wears it like a crown. That if was Afra a weird metaphor. Not, if Afra had not been on your list, I would have been very confused. He would have grounded me and <laughs> He would have been like, get out. Nope, you're not in the podcast anymore. So... So okay, so Doctor Afra was my number two. Same reason, she's just great. She's a rogue archaeologist. You can't trust her. Han character so. development. She's awesome. She's yeah. a cool character. Part Han, part Indiana Jones. She's just she's just. Yeah. I, I would sit down and have dinner with her uh, as long as somebody was guarding my back. <laughs> <laughs> but don't trust me for that. I'd help. Yeah, <laughs> I'd no. help her. For that. She's great. But she'd pull out a knife and you go. Yeah. But she was not my number one. No. I know who your number My one is. My number one is Boba Fett. It's Forlom. Wait, what? I thought it was Forlom. No, it's Zuckus. No. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> my, my number one is Boba Fett. Now, I agree that he was very downplayed in the movies. Ah, I am falling into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> ah! Wilhelm scream. Be very, very quiet. <laughs> I'm hunting Webbles. Elmer Fett. Yeah, that's right. Um, but no. So, okay, so in the movies, specifically Empire and Return of the Jedi, um, you get very little of Boba Fett. Oh, he was in the special edition of New Hope, too, but... He was? Kind of, yeah, he was... When uh, Han goes to talk to Jabba, and he just, he kind of looks at the camera, he does the high mom thing. Um, You don't get the full Fett in the movies. Right. Um, but then you get you get toddler. Okay, he's not a toddler. Adolescent Fett in Attack of the Clones. Baby Boba, as I call him. And then you get him in the Clone Wars series. Now, which is when he really he really shines. He was he was really cool in the Clone Wars series. However, he was kind of whiny. What really got me interested in. Boba Fett, and I think I talked about this on last week's show, too, when we were talking about Empire Strikes Back. It wasn't really Empire Strikes Back that got me into Boba Fett, and it, it definitely was not Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I sure but hope not. Empire Strikes Back is what got me intrigued. Who is this person? Am I going to know more about him? No. Um, no. But what really got me into the character in a very big way was the EU comics. 
otherwise known as Legends comics. Big there surprise. were a lot of Legends comics that featured Boba Fett. There was Twin Engines of Destruction, Bounty on Barcuda, uh, When the Fat Lady Swings were good ones. Um, and those were specifically about Boba Fett. I feel like you made up that last um, one. No, that's, that's a real one. <laughs> Actually, I think Bounty on Barcuda is a sequel to that one. Uh, or vice versa, I can't remember. But also he appeared in the Dark Empire trilogy uh, because he was chasing after Han Solo. Oh, of course. But does. it was through the Legends comic books that really got me interested in Boba Fett and uh, really got me interested in the Mandalorian culture in general. Um, so yeah, Boba Fett is my... Now, here's, here's a, a quiz for you. Oh you may or may not know this. What was the first appearance of Boba Fett? Uh, like on the timeline of Star Wars, or in in uh, like actual appearance? Oh, um, it was not including a special edition. It was it was Empire. He was stand. They were well. I don't even mean chronologically. I mean when did we first see Boba Fett in Empire Strikes Back? When no, what the first time we see Boba Fett was it the Christmas special? Was the Star Wars holiday special? <laughs> Somehow. I have lost respect for Boba Fett. <laughs> a tear has been shed by Joey. Anyway. So, yeah, Boba, <laughs> Boba Fett is my number one. Um, now, interestingly enough, you will notice that on neither one of our lists was anybody from the Mandalorian TV series included, and I did do that on purpose. If I was going to include... Scum and villainy characters from Mandalorian, there's a pretty good chance that all five of them would be taken up by this list. <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. I was just not thinking about it. <laughs> but yeah, some of the some of the people on uh in the Mandalorian show would definitely make Cara this list. Dune, IG eleven, Quill, yeah, Mandalorian, cool the assassin assassin chick. The newbie guy, the pit droids. Oh no, I would not be putting Stormtrooper twenty three. The Stormtrooper twenty three. What? Stormtrooper twenty three, the one that falls down after he slips on a banana peel. Okay, we're not going. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that was our top five list. So if you're on the the Twitter and Facebook uh, or other social media, uh, let us know who your favorite scum and villainy characters are. I'd really like to hear uh, what you think. Um, so we are coming up on the closing of our show. Um, as always, we wanted to close out by, uh, giving some shout outs to some podcasts, uh, that I listen to frequently, uh, a couple of new ones on here this week. Uh, but I just wanted to give a shout out to force of light entertainment. That's a new one that I discovered. Um, I think they uh, they are part of the Red Five Network. Uh, another new one that was discovered um, was actually uh, <laughs> there's three of them here that that are new newly discovered. Uh, the second one's a, uh, a podcast called Nerd Herder. I would stay away from that. That's a good one. No, it's a great one. Uh, another one is called Chats with Chewy, and another podcast I'd like to give a shout out to is called Jag Eyes and Jedi. And uh, this is a, a good podcast if you're a big fan of the Star Wars Rebels show, because that's that's kind of their focus. Huh. 
Um, so, those are the shout-outs for this episode. Uh, Joey, thanks for coming on the show with me. We're uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll have you back on another episode. And um, this was a lot of so, fun. for all you Star Wars fans out there, just remember that not everybody is the same type of Star Wars fan that you are, uh, but they are still a Star Wars fan. Uh, there is no such thing as a false fan. If you have an opinion about Star Wars, you are a fan. So, um, that's it for this episode. Um, we are going to close things out with one last song. This one is by a band not from Oklahoma. They are from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, the band is Fire in the Radio. The song is Let's Get to the Start. Uh, and it's the opening track from their newest album, Monuments, which was released in April. Uh, so here they are, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the show and come back for the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to Rogue One Radio, folks. Bye.
join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son.